Government sources in London have told the BBC that both suspects were already known to British security services before yesterday's attack. But as the investigation continues, there's a debate brewing in London and elsewhere as to whether this brutal murder of a British soldier can be labeled a terrorist attack. Mark Urban is defense editor for the BBC program Newsnight. Mark, this wasn't 9-11. It made many of us here in the States, though, especially in Boston, think of the Sarnayev brothers, the alleged suspects of the Boston Marathon bombings. I mean, what to you was this attack in London in, in Woolwich yesterday? I think it's a little problematic to use the word terrorism. For many people, that's undoubtedly what it was. But many of the things that we would normally use as hallmarks of terrorist attacks were not really present here. So, for example, one striking difference from the Boston attack was that these people did not aim to harm citizens randomly, if you like. It wasn't like the attacks we had in July 2005, where 51 people died on London's mass transportation systems. In this case, they attacked a soldier. If you like, if there was a terror effect, it came from who did it, the kind of people, uh, urban youth, call them what you will, young men, who you might find on any street corner, and how they did it with knives and a car, things that are omnipresent, if you like, don't require any kind of uh, criminal checks or anything like that to obtain, and a conspiracy of, of which type can be put together incredibly rapidly. So in a sense, to me, this is more hate crime. The victim chosen because of his identity, even something he was wearing, may have been significant in it. The kind of thing one might see in an inner city situation elsewhere, but of course with a political overtone. I mean, if the goal of terrorism, though, is to instill fear, part of the goal, didn't this attack yesterday do that? Honestly, I'm not sure that it did in the mass of people. And once again, this this is a difference from what happened in Boston. Because of the way the victim was chosen, is it possible people in the armed forces had fear instilled in them? Yes, I think it is. Is it possible that the general population, regardless of colour, creed or whatever had it instilled in them in the way that happened when we had those bombs in 2005 on the subway? I don't think so. And in fact, it was revealing that members of the public approached these people after they'd committed this crime Mm. in a situation where I think most of us might think we'd be far too frightened to go near somebody with a blood-soaked knife, remonstrated with them and uh, told them they were wrong. It sounds like what you're saying is what happened yesterday in London was a single act of senseless violence rather than an act of terrorism. Um, The lone wolf angle is kind of being explored by many at the moment, that these two guys were somehow radicalized and acting on their own. I mean, how does that kind of change the way you see the the event yesterday? I don't want to uh, to make light of the political aspect of the crime. I mean, hate crime is often political, isn't it? It might be someone with a homophobic or a racist impulse, something like that. That that is a a form of politics, however dysfunctional, that has uh, played into that person's motivation. And in this case, definitely this was a political act. It was political murder. The problem, I think, in, in seeking to understand and counter this is we don't know exactly who these people may have told about what they had in mind. But what we can surmise pretty easily is that when you compare it, for example, to the type of plot that produced those bombs on the subway system in 2005, 
This was not networked. By that I mean they did not go to a foreign country, as far as we can understand, to get trained in how to make bombs. They didn't have to accumulate the raw materials in making bombs. They weren't, as far as we know, directed from outside the country to do this, and they wouldn't have to be, if you like. That's something similar to the Tsarnaev brothers in Boston. They were self-radicalised, if you like, and they were able to do what they did with readily available materials. Now, Mm. the effect of all of that is it vastly reduces the chance of our internal intelligence service, MI5, or the police to detect that this might have happened before it happened. Because, of course, if they're not travelling, if they're not contacting uh, kingpins, financiers, these kind of people, these all reduce the possibilities for detecting what's going to happen in the conspiracy that's afoot. What does it mean that the authorities had these two men on some kind of watch list? Well, this is an important point. And once again, one doesn't want to make light of the fact that many people clearly do see this as a terrorist crime. The problem with that is, though, while I think there's a natural desire to find out, well, couldn't something have been done to stop these people, is that thousands of people are on these lists. And there's a resource question about can you do comprehensive surveillance of all of these people all of the time? There's the unnetworked nature of it that we've been talking about, that even if they were under surveillance in a conspiracy just involving a handful of people like this, would they even show up if you were listening to them? It's going to be very hard, I think, for the law enforcement authorities and the security service to answer to some people's satisfaction. At least one of the Sarnaya brothers was on a watch list and also slipped through the cracks. Mark, you've covered such events as as the horrific uh, murder in Woolwich yesterday for a long time. How does this affect you personally, this one yesterday? I think the really memorable and shocking thing about what happened yesterday were those statements given to people using their cell phones Mm. as video cameras by somebody with blood on their hands and knives in their hands trying to justify what had just happened there on the street. And that was shocking. I mean, we've got used to martyrdom videos, this kind of thing. There's almost a grammar of them. But this was quite different a type of immediate attempt to justify an act of political murder in the streets with everything still happening around those people. So that's where the shock comes from, I think. The way that as a piece of awful political theatre, it was stage-managed by the people who conducted it. Mark Urban is diplomatic and defence editor for BBC's Newsnight. He's also a military historian. Mark, thanks so much for speaking with us. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Marco.